hi everybody. Uh, welcome to a special emergency Prog Report podcast. Uh, we've done a few of these before, uh, not always under the greatest circumstances, but when news kind of warrants it, it, it seems like something that uh, is, uh, is a good idea to do and let us sort of talk, uh, talk our thoughts out and, and get, you know talk about what's going on in the news relating to whatever certain subject it is. And of course, the big news of the week um, is the uh, unfortunate passing of the great Eddie Van Halen. And, uh, and maybe there's people out there that are saying, well, he wasn't a progressive rock artist and why would you talk about him? Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't know a prog guitarist that wouldn't say that he was an influence or appreciated something to do with his playing. I mean, everybody I know grew up listening to Van Halen, myself included. And so, um, it's as big an artist as there could ever be really in music, um, so, uh, we felt like we wanted to just pay our respects to, uh, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest guitarist of all time and joining me, uh, to talk about, uh, this is, uh, Victor. Hi everybody. And, uh, Nick. Hi everybody. South Africa again. Uh, Hello, so thanks guys. Good to, uh, hear both of you and have you guys on here. And, uh, well, you know, Vic, let me start with you um because i know he was a, a big influence on you and and you're a, a guitar player and um you know when you heard the news uh, as we're recording this it was yesterday when we found out and uh yeah i mean how how did it hit you and 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 what are your thoughts on it well it's one of those moments where you're you're initially in in denial um you know, and, and it's nothing new. I'm sure everybody had very similar reactions to what I had. And, and then there's this moment where you just step back and come to grips with the fact of he is the reason that guitars turned and sounded like they sound today. And the influence not only in his progressive style of playing what i mean by progressive is at the time it was out of the box it was things that nobody else had done things that experts at the time when they heard him play on that first van halen album they were wondering they know that's a guitar how is he getting those sounds and just that whole influence and not only the stuff that van halen did but you start thinking about just their whole catalog you start thinking about your love for music your love for playing guitar and just how inspirational that was it was extremely overwhelming also thinking back um you know back in 1978 when van halen came out um the you know I was about seven years old. I pretty much was listening to whatever my dad and my uncle were listening to. At that time, there was a lot of Chicago and Kansas and Boston, uh, some Kiss. And But I yeah. do remember my uncle talking about, hey, there's this American band that the guitarist is absolutely insane. He does things with a guitar 
that nobody else does. And eventually he started getting vinyls. This was back when I lived in Puerto Rico. And, you know, you didn't get releases right away. You had to wait a little bit. And about a year after that, I remember hearing um, the first Van Halen album, specifically, of course, Eruption. The drums kick in and suddenly you have this loud, wild guitar just going off and it's so fast and it just sounds unlike anything before. And and from then on out, you know, it's just, again, this is not, uh, this is not you know, breaking news to anybody else. Everybody pretty much is going to have that same sort of reaction. And I was taken back to that moment and just coming to grips with, wow, what, what a, what a legend, what a visionary. And, um, and my cathartic moment was, I was at the office yesterday when I found out my cathartic moment was I rode home. I have about a half hour drive home. Windows were down and I was just working my way through, through whatever songs would first come to mind and just, uh, blasting, blasting Van Halen, just, uh, almost, almost, I was blasting it loud enough. Um, almost wishing like, you know, he could still hear me because that's his, his music. And as much as I may not have listened to any specific Van Halen in quite some time, the songs are still at the forefront of my mind. They're that influential. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a great tribute, man. Um, Nick, how about you? Uh, what was it like in South Africa knowing Van Halen and, and how was he, uh, looked at there and, and growing up, you know, listening to him? Yeah, uh, let's say Southern Africa, Roy, because I, I was born in Zimbabwe and I, I was brought up there. And uh, I was I was a youngster, a teenager, uh, still in Zimbabwe, um, although I regularly commuted to South Africa uh, because I, I had a lot of family here. But um, I'll never forget being introduced to this new sound that I'd never heard before. Um, I was a youngster in a teenage band with some schoolmates. We were we were in our formative years, uh, trying to work out how to play stuff. And you know, I I think we I think we started off trying to do Santana covers and Black Sabbath covers. And one day, the guitarist came to our little band practice at my home there in in in, in Harare in Zimbabwe, and um, and he said. You guys will not believe this. And we put it on my old vinyl turntable there, and we sat down, all four of us, on the carpet and listened. And the guitarist was just shaking his head. His name's Nigel. (laughs) Nigel was just shaking his head. And I'll never forget that moment, because I don't know anything about guitar, right, other than what a drummer would know about about his 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 cohorts in a band and 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 what they do but the guitarist was just constantly shaking his head and to this day it's it's a funny thing because my cathartic moment was when Nigel phoned me last night I had a very busy day at work um you know we're 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 six hours ahead of EST here in South Africa and Nigel phoned me last night and we broke down and were in tears together last Mm -hmm. night about this news um, and I think it's true to say that no matter what your musical preferences are, whether you're into Michael Jackson or heavy metal, if you're a music fan, today was a significant day 
and this week you will be in mourning um, because Eddie Van Halen changed not only uh, the face of guitar playing throughout the world, but I think the face, the, the sound and the face of rock music. I mean, I was immediately awestruck by the strange sounds that I was hearing from the guitar. But at the, And I even remember saying to Nigel at one point, I'm sure that's a keyboard. Are you sure the guy's playing guitar? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he said to me, no, I assure you he's playing guitar. It's a new technique. It's something I've never heard before. And I'm going to try it. And, and he, he tried with, with a few fingers to tap on his, on his acoustic guitar on the, uh, on the floor there where we were sitting. And I, it, it, it was just a game-changing moment. I was particularly impressed by Roth's uh, uh, vocals. I, I remember thinking to myself, wow, this guy's got a high squeal. Wow, listen to that voice. But even, even with the distraction of that, my attention kept on coming back to this new guitar sound that I'd never heard before. Um, so he was, without a doubt, a trailblazer in the industry. Um, no matter what kind of music you like or listen to, Eddie Van Halen has made a difference in your life. So this week, we mourn him, and rightly so. I uh, remember, I think my first real memory of Van Halen was just the videos of, uh, you know, from the 1984 album, whether it was Jump or Panama or Hot for Teacher. That's sort of my first real memory of them. And, and you know, by then, you sort of, you had the people that were copying him already. So if it was Def Leppard or Bon Jovi or whoever was, you know, learning how to shred since then, since Van Halen came on the scene. And so I don't know if I was, I knew he was great, but I wasn't aware at that age, at that time, that he was the reason for all of these guys and how they played, you know, until, until a little later when you start really looking back at it. And, uh, and uh, I remember then saying, well, I, I want to, I'm interested in this band. You remember those, those, uh, what was it Columbia house records where you could buy, you know, 10 albums for a dollar or something. And Absolutely. Your yes. House. <laughs> those, sure, record clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The re- so I remember getting, uh, in that pile, uh, the first two Van Halen records and, and really listening to Van Halen one from beginning to end at a, you're still kind of young age, 12, 13 years old. And just, you know, really absorbing that record and, the, the thing that, that always stuck out for me, uh, even still to this day, aside from even the guitar playing, was just how, how damn great that album is. The, the songs are amazing. Everything about it is amazing. And, um, and then you get into the guitar playing and it's just, yeah, I, I can't imagine being uh, around at that age where that comes out and how mind-blowing that must have been to people who had never heard that kind of music before i mean it's really insane um in the same way that when i hear bohemian rhapsody and you think this at one point didn't exist and then you know and then people heard it how must have that have been (laughs) you know um and uh the only other time i remember being completely blown away from guitar playing was the first time i heard images and words where many many years later after discovering van halen or whatever where i heard john petrucci playing and i'm like i've never heard anything like this before that was the only other time i remember that where it was just things on the guitar i had never heard um but um but yeah i mean i was listening to van halen 
recently, uh, you know, just earlier this morning. And even then you listen to random songs, pick any random song. Uh, the first song from 5150, good enough or whatever. And you're just like, oh my God, I can't even like this song. The guitar playing is incredible. And that's like, that's like the 200th song you might get to before, you know, in their catalog. And, uh, and the guitar playing on that is incredible. And you discover new things. Um, I really liked the later records with Sammy Hagar. I like 5150 a lot. I, I really liked uh, Foreign Law for Connor Knowledge a lot. That's one of my favorite records. Um, and I remember during that period, that was when I was really into guitar playing and you're looking for right amps and guitars and trying to get your sound. And the sound I always wanted was his guitar sound during that period, which I just could never, never emulate. It, it was, it was almost like this, it was like distortion, but clean at the same time. And it didn't matter if he was playing at kind of a heavy, chunky riff or if it was more arpeggios. It, it had the same kind of tone to it. It was really, really unique. And uh, just, you could not get it. You could not get that sound. Um, so I always thought that was amazing. Yeah, man. It, 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 it was not only uh, the studio sound that he got, but live. I, I was lucky enough to see them um, during the 2007 reunion tour with, with David Lee Roth. Um, but I also saw them in, uh, I believe it was 1986, um, soon after 5150 uh, with Hagar. And wow, the, the guitar sound was just overwhelming. And I remember moving around the stadium both times. And wherever you went, the presence of the guitar sound was just overwhelming. Um, and, uh, you know, to to this day, I, I guess people don't know how he did it. He had his he had his custom equipment at the end of the day, those those EVH uh, amplifiers, which Vic would know more about than I do. But it, 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 the sound that that man created, live or studio, was just overwhelming, unbelievable. Well, the the whole thing with his guitar, I mean, in, in reading articles and people, you know, and knowing history from over the years and stuff, I mean he invented that sound because he basically created his guitar, <laughs> you know, in the same way Brian may created his guitar. That's, and that is correct. Uh, I, you know, I encourage people. There are many, many interviews and many resources where you can read just the, the thought process that Eddie Van Halen went through to arrive to what we now call a super strat guitar. And essentially he, it was a combination of him being broke and not liking what, you know, what the Fender guitar had in the single coils and wanting a couple of the things that the Fender had that the Gibson couldn't afford. And the combination of him being broke and just figuring things out is what eventually gave him what he called, you know, Frankenstein, which was a... Yeah. You know, a, a, a cheap Fender copy that he apparently went to a factory and they said, no, we don't sell those because they're they're broken. And he actually got one and then would take a humbucker and actually route out the guitar, put it in there, figure out the electronics himself until he got the sound that he wanted. And he liked the whammy bar, which the Gibsons didn't have. And and then. It's the same thing with uh, the amplifier sound. He didn't have the money to get all these different effects and all these fancy amps. 
And so he figured out ways of getting the sound that he wanted. And then on top of all that, all the different techniques um, he talks about in a, in a three-piece band as far as you have a bass. In Michael Anthony, you've got the Al on the drums. And then him on guitar, he said he had a lot of space to fill. So all his different techniques with the tapping and the harmonics and the whammy bar and just everything else, he said it was out of necessity for filling the, the spaces that in order to, to serve the song. And again, one of those things where he just had a need, didn't have money, and he just figured out how to get the sound from the guitar and, and from his fingers. And interestingly enough... Um, you know, they come from uh, the Van Halens are uh, are a musical family. Um, his father was a professional musician who played in, you know, big band style bands. And so they were into that kind of music. They were classically trained on the on the piano when they were kids. And what made them play rock and roll, not going to come as a surprise to anybody, hmm. is when they saw the Beatles. And that's what motivated them to want to be in rock and roll, which is really cool. So he's not a, quote, prog artist, but the lineage is there from yep. the Beatles, which everybody in this genre, you know, always attributes to just the groundbreaking, you know, musical shift that happens when the Beatles showed up. And Van Halen falls right in line with that. It's always like that. The guys that really are the big time legendary guys that everyone knows about are the people that really invented a lot of the, the things that we know as music, you know, and, uh, and him being one of them. I mean, he had patents for different things that he created uh, for guitars and yeah, you know, who, who else has, has that. Uh, and, uh, but I want to talk a little bit about just some of the music, um, you know, and I thought it would be fun for us to each sort of give our quick uh, top fives of our favorite Van Halen songs in a very kind of loose fashion. Um, and uh, Nick, what you want to go? You got five songs. Maybe you want to just mention that that stick out to you real quick. Oh man, more like more like fifty, but I'll give it a go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to say before I list them, Roy, that that uh, we mustn't forget. Eddie's contribution as a composer as well. And I guess this talks sure. to his relationship with the various vocalists in the band. You know, there was a particular style uh, of music that he created with David Lee Roth, uh, very raw, lusty, um, uh, party rock. Um, there was a, a, a different style, less about lust and more about love with, with Sammy Hagar. Um, there was there was also the, the partnership with Gary Sharon. But Eddie, man, what a composer. Just think about some of the compositions that he created. My, my personal favorite style is the Roth era. That doesn't mean that there aren't great compositions in the, in the Hagar era or, or, or indeed for the Gary Sharon era. Um, but Eddie consistently throughout all incarnations, no matter who his songwriting partners were, just delivered these great compositions all the way along. Okay, so having said that, um, I don't know, five, tomorrow it'll be tomorrow. Uh, it, it'll be different. Let me say, let me say number five would be Jamie's Crying from, from Van Halen 1 in 1978. 
Uh, I just love the song. Uh, it's got that iconic Tom fill from Alex that starts it off and then that massive guitar sound. Um, number four for me has got to be And the Cradle Will Rock from Women and Children First in 1980, uh, just because it's, it's, uh, uh, it, it's so... It, it, it's so embodying of that Van Halen sound. It, it, it just represents that Van Halen sound. Um, one, of, one of our colleagues, colleagues would describe it as quintessential, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, number three uh, is a bit of a more, a, more of an ex- obscure choice. It's uh, In a Simple Rhyme from Women and Children First in 1980. I, I, I just love the song. Uh, it just speaks to me, uh, both the melodic, gentle parts uh, in the introduction and when it rocks up later on i guess number two would be one of my favorite songs of all time it's my daughter and my special song um she and i both love it and we jump around to it when we get together it is jump from 1984 um and i guess i'm gonna have to go uh for number one uh for unchained from fair warning um Just remembering it, uh, remembering first hearing it, the studio version, and then seeing it played live um, by a couple of incarnations. Uh, That song just means a lot to me. So there are five. Tomorrow it could be another five, probably would be. Those are great five. You know, I've heard of a lot of people liking that in a simple rhyme song, which was never one that was really on my radar too much. But yeah, I've heard that one come up in in different lists. which is a which is a you know cool choice, and uh, yeah, Victor, how about you? When I think of of Van Halen, um, and as far as which songs were the ones that 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 really stood out, of course, making a top five is nearly impossible. But the one thing that struck me is that Van Halen is Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen as far as their sound, and a lot of these songs not only have the signature guitar riff, but they have the signature drum fill to start. Um, very similar to Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin has a lot of songs that have the great guitar riffs, but also have the great drum openings. So, so Van Halen in themselves is just a, a terrific, iconic band. Um, I really enjoyed when Sammy Hagar came into the band. That's kind of when I had really started honing in on, on my guitar playing. And I really appreciate it, just how, um, from a compositional standpoint, the songs were just, you know, very advanced, unlike anything that I was really used to playing. Um, a lot of bands right now, I'm sure they're struggling with, you know, let's pay tribute to Eddie Van Halen. There is no easy Van Halen song. Uh, you know, there's, there's always that part where, okay, that's why he's Eddie Van Halen. Um, the I got to see them live twice. One was for the Unlawful Carnal Knowledge Tour. The other one was for Balance. And the number five song that I'm picking is from Balance. It's the last song. It's called Feelings. It's That's a great it's a, song. It's nice, a nice one. It's a, it's a powerful song. Yeah. Um, so that's one of those where, man, at that stage and just the maturity of his writing of his putting together music with that band. Just, I really, just really enjoy the song. Um, Number four, this is the first song that when I sat in my car yesterday on the way home, 
this is the first song that I put on. And it's because it is just an absolutely kicking song. And it starts out with an incredible drum fill. Hot for Teacher. Um, you know, you're talking about chops, limitless with what Al does. And then Eddie comes in. That album, 1984, in as much as it has the typical 80s sound with a lot of synthesizer in it, that song absolutely rocks. It does not matter when you play that song. That song is fast. That song is heavy. That song is fun. That song is not easy to play. If you've got somebody that can pull off a cover of that song, kudos to them. Third song, I saw them uh, down in Miami. Uh, for unlawful, unlawful carnal knowledge, and that's Judgment Day. Um, Judgment Day is, again, one of those where Hagar just brought about this additional just musical composition chops that just fit the band and, and motivated the Van Halens to sort of, you know, just keep writing with, with what they were good at, with the tools that they had. And, you know, Judgment Day is just terrific. Number two, which could have been my number one, is Eruption. Um, I just think that that's one of those songs that across the board, no matter who you are, no matter what genre you're into, that's a song that stands out as to the, the what is this moment. Um, and, you know, enough things have been said about that. And then my top song is 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 one song that i also played in the car yesterday and that was it was a very cathartic moment for me on the drive home yesterday and it is from 5150 and the song is dreams um it is just one of those things where starts out with a keyboard it's got a great groove in it the solo part in the middle just kicks and and it's it's the way that it climaxes and it comes to an end a beautiful song and it's it's just one of those things where where you could just picture eddie just riding into the sunset just listening to that song it's um so that's that's my those are my uh, those are great man i love those choices i i'm a big fan of uh yeah pretty much all those i love dreams um that is a great song i think i told you i don't i didn't expect that to be a song that you would like that much but that's great um just because I know you tend to go on the heavier side of things, which is why Judgment Day, I think, makes sense for me uh, that you would pick that too. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, great stuff. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear yours. Yeah, uh, it might not be too too surprising. Um, all right, so my my number five, uh, I always struggle with number five. Um, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Black and Blue because I was almost in my top five. But I'm going to go with, uh, the title track from 5150 as my number five. Um, just love that riff, love the chorus, the drum drum sound on it is just Alex all the way, just awesomeness. Um, it's a great song. I just love that that guitar riff. That's that's that peak sound that I was talking about. That's like it, no one can sound like that. Um, and it's a great album. Uh, and uh, so number four, I'm gonna go uh unchained uh from fair warning and and you know that's uh, oftentimes my favorite um I, i'm just putting it sort of at number four just because but again that's just another riff these are signature moments that i just remember that made me want to try to learn to play them 
you know, like, and, and there's some subtleties to even a song like Unchained that may not even sound that tricky. And there's still a lot of coolness to things he's doing on the guitar and rhythmically and uh, that they're doing as a band. There's a deceptively good band around him, around Eddie, you know, Alex and Michael. And it's a, it's a really good rhythm section there. Uh, and, and on that song, it's obvious too. Um, I'm going to go from two songs from the uh, Carnal Knowledge album for my number three and number two. So number three is going to be Pound Cake. Um, just cause nothing is like that opening, that drum beat and those guitar chords when it comes in and the bass kicks in, that to me is just pure awesomeness. And it, and when it's loud, there's nothing like that, that just those 30 seconds. I could, I just love that to death. Um, and continuing with that, I'm going to go number two, I'm going to go judgment day, which I could listen to that song at any moment any day, any time. I just love it. I love the chunk. That's them being their heaviest and Sammy at his best. I just love his singing on that. I love that album. I love that. I think that album's incredible. And uh, I some, I've seen some people think it's their least favorite from the Hagar era. I, I just don't even understand that. Wow. Um, <laughs> I just, I think it's the best one from that era or maybe tied with 5150. I'm not a huge fan of OU812. Um uh, but, uh, and then number one, I'm going to go running with the devil from Van Halen uh, one. And again, it's just another one of those things where, you know, when you, when you're younger, especially we grew up sort of in the hair metal era, you know, and you're learning how to play guitar and it was, a lot of it was power chords. You learned a power chord. You learned all the songs on the radio pretty much in one afternoon. It was just, you know, I remember somebody teaching me how to, play a power chord and it was like oh that's how you play music it was like everything was in that you know knowing that little thing at the time and then you go and you listen to running with the devil and the guitar playing on that every bit of it is nothing to do with power chords it's all (laughs) unique playing and it's so cool once you learn what's going on there um I love that. I love that to death. And the bass is just so heavy and pounding. It's a great classic song that I still like to this day. You know, there's a lot of songs you get sick of over the years that are still awesome in every way. Ain't talking about love or Panama or all these, these great songs that they had that maybe you don't like as much because you've heard them a thousand times. Um, But yeah, that, that would be my top five. I don't know what your take is on those. Yeah. It's this. You can't go wrong with those. You can't go wrong with those. Um, you know, it's the interesting thing, you know, you talk about uh, Eddie and creating his own sound and doing things that hadn't been done before, um, you know, specifically Unchained. That's a drop D tuning song. Um, assuming that everybody knows what that is, you just take your six string and you. I'm sure our audience knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he was doing that back in 1981. Um, you know, nobody else was doing that. And, and he did it and he made it sound great. And again, it's one of those things where you're not, you're not consciously saying it's like, oh, well, he did drop detuning on that one, but just his sound, he just kept always, always pushed it. You know, he just wanted to be more louder, faster. Um, so it, it's, I always find a song like Unchained it fits it it fits at any time it's one of those songs where it just it transcends it's 
Vic, yeah. earlier on, you, you mentioned Hot Foot Teacher. Um, uh, I've got a little story about that. Uh, I once auditioned for a cover band here in Johannesburg. Um, and, uh, the, you know, the messages went, okay, uh, can, you, can you audition on Saturday? And I said, yeah, I'll bring my kit. And uh, so, so what, what songs do you want to do? And the guy said, Hot Foot Teacher. and i remember giving it a go (laughs) i remember giving it a bash and i i got the gig eventually but not on the basis of that song definitely not (laughs) and um i i remember it was fair enough because because uh the guitarist who was who was putting the band together had a go at spanish fly and he didn't pull that one off either so so you know uh we played other stuff put it that way uh, coming from a guy that can play party in Simon's pants, <laughs> that tells that tells you a lot about the difficulty of of that yeah. song and pulling it off. Yeah, Hot for Teacher is a serious drum part. Believe me, it's that was great it's, stuff. That, and back then, it was like that. I mean, that just blew everybody away when that first when that song first came out. It's incredible. It's just it's that double kick shuffle thing that he does, and to maintain that, you know, you know the pop 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 instead of just doing it straight that's impressive uh, it's uh, just and and then when eddie comes in with with the guitar line it's just jaw dropping it's oh, wow okay i think move on Everything to the next about song, that, yeah. that's such a unique just stamp in in a time you know the the perfect four musicians to make that song that no other four put together could make that song it was sort of the peak of each one of their their powers in that one song you know say uh uh David Leroth's lyrics and how he delivers it and the finger tapping and, and all of that. And then, and then the video that came along with it, it was just so MTV, you know, yeah. it's just an amazing sort of time when, when all that was going down. I think we've, uh, I think we've captured enough here. I think we went, well, I thought this would be like 10 minutes, but <laughs> we've gone, we've gone the, over a half hour on this thing, uh, but it's fun. It's always fun to chat and talk about these stories and the sort of, uh, let's put a smile on my face talking about this. This has been fun. Yeah, thoughts and prayers are with uh, with the family. I know that that family is very uh, close knit. You know, uh, the Van Halens always speak very highly of their dad, who passed away back, uh, I think, around 1986. And now you have uh, Al and uh, uh, affectionately called Wolfie uh, left behind. Um, well, he has a, a solo album that supposedly it's finished or close to being finished and and um i hope uh will be out sometime next year and maybe that'll be something that we could look forward to and see what that sounds like absolutely yeah absolutely um, i'd also like to express my deepest condolences uh to every member of the van halen family and all associated families our thoughts and prayers same uh yep same from all of us and uh and uh, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed this little rundown memory lane from us. And um, uh, I guess after this, we'll get to the uh, regularly scheduled prog that we normally do. <laughs> but, uh, but I think this is, uh, this is always a good thing to do. It helps sort of the healing process, I think, a little bit. And, um, and uh, so thanks for listening. And uh, enjoy some Van Halen. And uh, we'll see you guys again uh, soon. Thanks, Vic and Nick. Talk to you guys. Rock on, everybody. See you guys. Take care of yourselves.